All right, this week I'm joined by Skylar Welch. Skylar is a loan officer and the owner of Main Point Lending. Some people that know me might be wondering, why would I have another loan officer on the podcast? Why would I want to promote her? Aren't you scared of introducing her to your referral partners? And the answer to all of that stuff is no. Skylar mentions the idea of the abundance mindset in our conversation, the idea that it isn't all about competition, but collaboration, working with each other, learning from each other. And that's what I want this podcast to be all about. Skylar is one of the best in the business. I appreciate her taking the time to come on and discuss her business, the things that have made her successful. I've certainly learned a lot. This is the Randy Forcier podcast. If you could do me a favor, please subscribe on Spotify, Apple, follow on YouTube, like the Randy Forcier Facebook page. I would really appreciate it. Thanks and enjoy the conversation. Hey, Skylar, thanks for coming on today. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So I'm 20 episodes into this whole podcast thing. And for a while, I've been wanting to have someone else in the mortgage business join me so we can chat about this fun industry that we're in. You're one of the best in the business. <laughs> I wanted you. to ask you on and I really appreciate you agreeing to do it. So thanks again. Yeah, I'm excited. Thanks so much for having me. Now, it's been a weird few years in our business. Really, really good for a few. This year is a little bit different. Why don't we dig in a little bit to your background and, and how long you've been in the business for? Yeah, absolutely. So I got in the, I mean, honestly, I feel like I've been in the mortgage industry as long as it's been good, right? So I got in the mortgage industry in 2011. I got licensed. Well, first I, I applied to be an LOA off of Craigslist ad, okay. which is kind of wow. crazy. I was living in the Virgin Islands and I decided to move back to the state side, applied to a Craigslist listing as an LOA and got the job and just started kind of jumping in. Wow. Which is kind of crazy, I know. <laughs> that is a crazy, like I didn't expect that and I didn't know it and I think it's awesome. Yeah, so I basically got licensed within a few weeks of, within a few weeks of starting, I found out I was pregnant with my first baby. So that kind of threw a wrench in things. Mm -hmm. And I was like, all right, like I've got to make things work, right? So within a few months, probably like four or five months of working there, the owners were like, you you get this, like, why don't yeah. you get licensed? I'm like, all right, what do I need to do? Right? So I got licensed really quickly Took, you know, I take my state tests and my national tests at that point, because there, there wasn't like the one single test Passed both those tests and like probably a week before I had the baby, I had the baby like a month and a half early when I'm attorney leave, when I came back from attorney leave, it was early 2012 and rates were super, super, super low. Yeah. So I for just, the time, right? For the time. Yeah, for the time. And I just started grinding, right? Like I just started doing everything, going everywhere. I mean, I feel like people like remember this. They're like, <laughs> where did this person come? Right, like, right. Like I just like all of a sudden like was everywhere because I'm like, yeah. I need to get my name out there. Like I wanna I wanna do this. So I joined like every networking group I could. I went to every event. I I did every networking opportunity you could do while also like aggressively being like going out and meeting agents and building relationships yeah. and doing all these things that you need to do when you, when you first start. I continued to be an LOA until 2015. Okay. I had my second baby in 2015. And at that point I was closing, like usually like, I don't know, I was full-time LOA to two LOs and then mm -hmm. closing probably somewhere around 10 plus loans a month by myself on the yeah. side. Yeah. So they kept saying to me like, Okay, you're ready. And I'm like, I can't give up this guaranteed there. I was paying, getting paid $12 an hour. Okay. Like I can't give up. Doing this. 10 loans a month on the side though. That's insane. Wow. So I was like, I can't, 
give up this like guaranteed $12 an hour. Like I have two babies, like I'm young, I have two right. babies, like I need to support them, right? And they basically like pushed me off the ledge and they're like, you know, if it doesn't work out, then we'll put, we'll put you back to here, but you're going to be okay. Right. Yeah. And I was like, all right. So I jumped off full, full speed ahead. And within the first three months, I'd made more than I made the whole year before, you know, because I went all in okay. uh, and that was in 2015. And then every year after that, my business just kept doubling and doubling because I, okay. I was just like putting everything I had into, into yeah. the business. And then 2017, I had my third baby. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, in five years, I went from no business, no anything, no kids to having okay. three kids and, you know, closing a hundred million in volume yeah. all within a five year period with three babies under five. It's a good run. A very crazy five years. <laughs> now, this job was in Maine. Right, like the LOA job was in Maine, and okay, so it's where you were before before you're at where yeah, you are now. Company for ten years. Okay, and before you opened up your own thing, which yeah. we'll get to. So, what when you were on the road meeting realtors, going to events, all that stuff, was that just the stuff that you thought made the sense to, to do, or were you getting that type of guidance, or did someone give you a game plan, or how did that all honestly, work? I, honestly, I just did it. You know, I. This is, this is like probably one of the craziest things I did. I got a list of, I think like 4,300 realtors in the state of Maine and I emailed individually every single one of them. And I said, Hey, I'm a new, I'm a new broker and I'd love to meet you. I remember I drove to like Bangor and Holden and Brunswick and Danvers Cotta and like everywhere. I was driving everywhere. Just saying like anyone that would give me a chance, I was sitting down and meeting with them. And I was just like, I'm here. Like, I'm going to give you good communication. I'm going to close this quickly for you. Like. And those yeah. are things I, I still to this day do and pride myself on. And that's how I built, built my yeah. business. But, you know, even to this day, some of those people are still people that are sending business to me, which is funny. Like, we'll joke about it. Like, hey, remember yeah. when I like randomly reached out to you freaking 12 years ago and told you I was new business? hours to see you for a cup of coffee. You know? So, so that's it. You know, and I, I joined a BNI group. Like, you and I both yeah. have done BNI for a long time. But that was, I don't even think I closed the deal when I joined my BNI group. Yeah. So, you, you know, I. The power of networking is just, it's in our type of business, it's so important. It is. And and the thing is, is that when you network and you build relationships and you build genuine relationships and you give, this could be in any industry, right? You, you give an experience and a service to someone that they want to come back to and they want to tell other people about, you don't have to pound the pavement forever. Definitely. That business is just going to keep snowballing and getting, get continuing. You know, I don't make... I don't email 3,300 realtors anymore. You know, like, I'm not setting up these appointments every single day anymore be because I've spent so, I put in that time and I put in that effort for years and years and years to do that. And, and now I look at a lot of people that are in our industry. I'm in a lot of big broker community groups that, that I'm yeah. a part of. And, you know, there's people that have been in the business for 17, 18, 19, 20, 25 years. They're coming to me and being like, you know, how do you, how are you busy? How do you keep getting in relationship? How do you keep doing business? Like I'm dead. I'm slow. I'm like, it's because you're transactional. Like, I don't want to say it like that, but like, if you, if you treat every deal, like it's a transaction and it's a one-off, then it's not going to repeat. Yeah. Business. It's not going to be someone that they want to come back to because you're not valuing that experience that, that you're giving them. But if you do that from the beginning, like we were talking kind of before we got in here, like everyone I'm closing now, I sure as hell I'm going to refinance someone rates drop, you know, <laughs> that expectation, right? So, you know, it's just, it's just a way, it's honestly like a mindset. 
So, I mean, you've obviously worked hard, paid your dues, and that that's paid off for you over the years. You opened your own business in a couple of years, a couple of years ago. Tell me about that. Yeah. So, so this is honestly, I was so happy where I was, and I mm -hmm. and I honestly for years thought I, I mean, I always thought I would be there forever, but I just got to the point where I. I was tired and I felt like I was getting burned out and I knew that if I continued to go at the pace that I was, that I, I wouldn't be able to do it forever. And yeah. I was 33 years old. You know what I mean? I can't be like, Hey honey, I'm retiring. Like, sorry, like I'm tired. You know, <laughs> our yeah. kids are in the garden. I know, but you know, it just, it doesn't totally. work like that. And I knew that I needed help. I knew that I needed to build a team that, because I also knew that I'm not the type of person that could just be like, I'll just do less next year, right? Yeah. Like, I'll just do a little bit less. Like, that's physically not not inside of me. Oh, uh, you're wrong. Yep. You know, so, but I also knew if I continued to go at that pace and continue to do that, that, that I couldn't. It was just like, I remember every single August, I, I thought that I was going to, like, have a stroke, have a heart attack. Die. Like, I literally was like, I can't. Well, it's such a funny thing to hear you say, because, like, I feel that way sometimes, too. Like, I'm going to yeah. have a heart attack, and it's going to be with my phone in my hand, and yeah. my wife's going to find me on my bathroom floor or something. Exactly, and that's how I was feeling. And and I remember walking out one August, and I and I just said to the owners, I said, I have to step away for a week, and, and I really can't have anyone contact me, and I need to go be 100% present for my kids. Like, I remember I looked online and found this random, random Airbnb on Sebago Lake, I don't even think it was on the lake. It was like up the street from the lake. Yeah. And I booked it and I literally just went. I had no plan. I had nothing. I was like, I'm just going with my kids and I'm, and I'm there. Was and, it awesome? Like, did you get a chance to relax and well, not look at your phone all the time? That I wasn't, like I did, I shut down, but my business suffered because yeah. there was no one there to pick up those pieces, right? <laughs> so that's when I really was like, you know what? I need to make a change. But also I was realizing that I wasn't able to like, be the best version of myself for anyone, right? Like, I, my husband would be like, we miss you. Like, you haven't been home for dinner in nine months. Like, like, I would work, I would get home at nine, I would literally kiss my kids goodnight, I'd eat in my bed, and I'd work until 2 a.m. every single and day. And again, rinse and repeat. Yeah. yeah, and, you know, honestly, like, you have to think about it. Like, you can make so much money, but what's a good, what good is it if you, so like, literally yeah. have no life and everyone in your life hates you because you're not present right mm -hmm. like yeah what, what and, good is that and then you do have a heart attack and it's just yeah and, and we had gone on like if we had gone on a vacation like i worked the entire time and, and i'm like you know what like what am i doing right mm -hmm. and i just started getting a lot of perspective from a lot of these broker communities that i'm in like we go to these events and we become friends with them in a way and they're, they're yeah. really being like what are you doing like why like just hire someone i'm like I don't know because again, I've never, I've never worked anywhere else. Like I don't know how things work, right? Yeah. So I, I just kind of went all in. I'm like, you know, I'm doing this, right? I'm, I'm going to do it. And I hired some really great people, and my right life out, right out of the gate. So you opened it was main, it's main point lending that you opened, yep. and right out the gate, did you start with those hires, or was it you? Yeah. And then you figured it out, or, yeah. So I kind of went all in, and and you know, I said, uh, you know. I can do this, right? Like I have the volume to support this. I know that I can do this. I know like I'm only going to get better from here. And that's the kind of the mentality I had to have for that is like, I know we're good. So yeah. I had an assistant that I had just hired during COVID yeah. uh, in March. So I made the transition in October. So she hadn't been with me very long, brand new to the business. I 
sat on her couch next to her during COVID and taught her, you know, every single day. And so I brought her with me. And actually, before we get past it, like, how did you, because to me, hiring people like that is, it seems daunting, right? It's like, where do you even start? Right. And it is, it's hard. She's actually one of my childhood best friends. Which so is, yeah. And, and I tried to get her to work for me for like years and she was like, mm -hmm. no, no, no. Mm -hmm. Right. But I knew that she was everything that I'm not like, she is like so organized. She is so like detail oriented. She is so like, yeah. and I'm like, I'm, I'm like going forward doing this and this, like, like I'm, I'm such an idea person. I'm such a like, balls to walls, like Sal, do this, do that, like all the time. Right. And I need someone to check me. I need someone that can be like, Hey, like you wrote this, but like that isn't supported by these pay stuff. Hey, I know you did this, but this isn't right. Hey, we're still waiting for this. Or like three times a day, she'll email me and be like, Hey, brought this email to the top of your inbox because I didn't see that you responded to them yet. I'm like, you're right. But thank is this, you. is this Blake? No, this is Vanessa. So okay. Vanessa's my LOA, she's my assistant. Yeah. And then my first hire actually was a full-time videographer. Yeah. Here's my all the video stuff you've done on social media. It looks yeah. great. We can, we can talk more about that, but I didn't realize you had one on staff. Oh yeah, he's here 40 plus hours a week. He works for me full-time. But what my vision was and what my goal was is that first, I'm leaving somewhere where I have an identity for 10 years. Mm -hmm. I need people to know where I am. I need people to know how to reach me. I need to go heavy on social media so that people can find me. But that wasn't the reason I hired him. That was just like a plus of what I, why I hired him. I hired him because I wanted to provide value to my real estate agents. I wanted to provide something to real estate agents that, that helped them grow their business, quite frankly. Yep. So, you know, I hired a videographer that goes out and does listing showcases for them. He does, um, he creates social media content for them. He does things to help them grow their business. And it's a great idea. It really is. I did not realize you did that, but it makes a ton of sense. Yeah. So it's, a, but it was the first thing that I like, and I thought about this for so long, but I'm like, how do I execute this? Like, it can't just be some like, cause it's a lot, you know, like mm -hmm. he may go shoot five realtors a day sometimes, you know, like these are the things he's doing. So, so I hired him and then I hired another loan officer assistant that, that he, she and Vanessa like really work well together. Like they kind of split, split everything up. Like, you know, we get five contracts, one takes them, one takes this one, they work up the new apps and kind of get things set up for me. But I'm having every communication with the agents, every communication with the borrower. I'm structuring the deals. I'm pipeline managing. I'm yeah. pushing things through. I'm, but I'm not scrubbing all the documents. I'm not requesting all the documents. I'm not ordering the verification of employments. I'm not yeah. doing all those tedious things that were like mind numbing. Yeah. You know were you I mean? doing that before the last place too? Oh, doing everything. Yeah. yeah. So that's, that's a big switch then for you to not yeah. have to so yeah so now i have, I have two two processors as well that process all my files they just split them up and then i hired blake so she's not i was like looked at her desk but she's not in here <laughs> it's her birthday today so we basically i had this i'm very big on like personal touch like i'm a girl like i have this conversation with a lot of male loan officers and they're like dude if i did that stuff it'd be creepy you know what i mean like you know like <laughs> Is this like closing gift type stuff or like just like, for example, every day, everyone that I pre-qualify, I send them out a confetti filled pre-qual card. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That would be really weird if I did that. I think yeah. that'd be weird for a guy to do, but yeah. like I can pull that off and people think it's cute. Right. You know, so she does that. Mm -hmm. She does handwritten 
for like, did you come I'm, up with that yourself or did you hear about that at like no, you know, these are, this is this is how my mind works like Great. she does handwritten thank you cards for every person involved in mm -hmm. the buyer agent listing agent buyer every week sends out birthday cards every month sends out the review emails sends out what else do we prequel card yeah those are the three cards she does we do open house baskets so every weekend we do these open house baskets for anyone having an open house like they're just cute baskets they're branded to us but then they have like the real estate agents contact info their logo all their information it says like and it's like skinny pop fiji water and cookies like yeah. they start popping in to one two three main street with yeah. the agent's contact the logo looking searching for your home sweet home with all the agents information but we're providing this we may provide 15 of these a weekend so we're at 15 open houses a weekend while i'm on the boat you know what you yeah. know what i mean like but it's helping these agents it's providing something to them that they don't have to do it's it's promoting them and and that's really what her main focus is and she, you know we do a realtor value session every single month where we bring in an industry professional in some way so yesterday yeah. we did one on how to create reels yeah, that's Hot I mean, I, I should have gone to it because it's like, I see the reels, but I don't know like the best way to yeah. do all the tricks to it. The, the yeah, tech, me, the, yeah. And it was packed. We mm -hmm. sold out, sold out. I mean, we, so these are in person. This isn't an online. Everything's in person. Yeah. So when I opened my office also, that was part of it. I created a huge training space. We I have a social media room with like fun neon wall, like fun. I have these like fun accent walls everywhere. Like I have like this space where there's like a couch and like, uh, uh, like podcast area and all this stuff where people can come in and create content. So we have agents in every single week and they go into the social media room, and they create content. And then we have this training space where we have first time home buyers seminars every month. We have CE class. We have a CE class like every do month. Do you teach that one or do you bring in like the real estate learning group oh, for that? I, I bring in either title companies. The, the one I'm doing this month is a home inspector, mm -hmm. you know, whoever. They and then with these realtor value sessions, I bring in something that is going to help these agents with their business, right? So how to create reels. They want to know how to create these. They don't know how to make them. So I brought in this marketing company, this local marketing company. They came in, they do social media marketing. They mm -hmm. do social media management. This is a benefit to them too, right? They walked out with four appointments set with agents. Yeah. They had follow-up emails sent immediately. They just got a bunch of business just by providing this class. But also this is value for these agents to provide this resource to now do social media management for them. And we taught them how to create reels. Last month we did one. Oh, I taught one last month, which was more just like, I usually don't teach one, but yeah. this was a class that I've been wanting to teach where it was more just like nuances of each different type of loan program that realtors don't know that like- yeah. there's a ton of them. There's a ton like, of them. Yeah. things that keep happening on contracts that keep being done incorrectly, like personal property on the purchase and sale agreement. Like, all these little things that if an agent knew how to do right the first time would make the process better, right? <laughs> One of my pet peeves is when people on an addendum are reducing the sales price or adding seller paid closing costs. And then they write because of a thousand things and it's like, that's great, but let's just remove those thousand things. Exactly. Separate it. it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's exactly what this class was. And we had a home inspector come in and said like red flags to look out for when you're selling a house. We had a appraiser come in that said like, things that will blow up your deal. We had a business coach come in in, mm -hmm. in January and put together a, a goal planning session for agents. So, you know, I bring someone else in each month that's going to add value to them in some way. So, yep. so she sets up all those classes, advertises them, does the social media for them. So really having like that resource to do all of those little things that like are in my head 
that I was just not having, to, I was doing all these things. That's the yeah. thing. But I wasn't able to do them consistently because I just would get so overwhelmed with this, so yes. overwhelmed with that. So now uh, I taught a class on this recently in Miami of how to build a team. Like, how do you know who to hire? Right. So you have to like kind of ask yourself, like, what are you really good at? But also like, what do you like doing? Yeah. What are things that you do that you hate doing and is a complete time suck because you're not really that good at it? Yeah, f find people to do those things. Yeah, and then delegate those things out. And, you know, it's a scary step to take because you're like, oh, now I'm like paying out this and this. And I have all these people I have to like be able to support. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, by doing that, you're able to generate more business. Definitely. And Spend be money to make at your business. Yeah, for sure. I mean, so what you're doing is I think so key where it's just, providing value to the realtor and the people that send you business. And I think all of us in our, our business are trying to find ways to do that. And I think you're really doing some high-end stuff that probably not a lot of people are doing. Very much of like an abundance mindset. There's always plenty of business to go around. I really truly don't feel like I compete with anyone in a yeah. way that bothers me. I want to help anyone, right? I want to like share everything that works, share all of this because, you know, I feel like the better experience people get, no matter who it's from, better it is for our industry as a whole definitely and it's funny our industry is a pretty small industry right like you, yeah you get to know so many different people whether it's realtors lenders title companies home inspectors all that stuff and it's i, I would say it's pretty close-knit over time if you've been in it long enough you kind of show up to the to a room or to a fundraiser to an event and you look around and you realize that you know most of the people in the room it's pretty cool so yeah and you know like especially in maine you know like we're a small little community like we all know each other and our reputation is all we have really so you you know those are the things that are so important is is how you make people feel and and whether it's someone in the same industry too you know like it all comes around right like we all can help each other out in some way at some point i wanted to talk about what it was like during covid with your kids and what that whole situation was like because i know for myself business is booming it's as good as it's ever been rates are insane and there's so much to be happy about but meanwhile like you have three kids they're struggling because they're not in school not seeing their friends all that sort of stuff like what were those two years for you and you're opening a business that's that that's on the side but yeah, it's it like juggling all that stuff it was hard my kids were home for 18 months three oh, wow. kids home for 18 months no kidding why was that just because of the school system daycare scenario stuff that you had or is it personal choice no, or we, we kept them home for an entire school year more because my mom helps us with the kids and she was nice. she's a retired teacher and the kids get dropped off at her house every day after school and she said if you send the kids to school like i'm not going to watch them because it's too yeah, busy right? for me totally and she goes but if you keep them home like i'll do school with them mm -hmm. so right yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and you know we had to be super careful my husband had just been diagnosed with ms Oh, and okay. it's an autoimmune disease. So mm -hmm. he had just really been diagnosed with it. So we really didn't know like how COVID yeah. could affect it. And it must be scary, make a scary time even worse. Yeah. And my mom is very high risk. So we knew that we kind of had to keep, we, it, there were so many unknowns at that time. Right. So we had to kind of be extra careful and we weren't really sure what we were going to do, but then, you know, we had a big transition because in October we, we moved mm -hmm. and opened a business within 24 hours moved like your house yeah brand new yeah. house moved, <laughs> moved our entire life did a complete kitchen renovation had my kitchen torn out the morning we closed and moved so all within 24 hours and opened the business so 
Meanwhile, business is crazy. In that month of October, when I left and I opened here and I moved, I had 65 closings that month. That is Megan crazy. I believe it. I've it never was... had in my life. I yeah. had 85 loans in my pipeline and I was, again, dying. So I, I was like, I can't do this anymore. So that was really what triggered the whole transition. But then, you know, it was hard. It's It was hard. The kids were like adjusting like to also a new place, but also like online school for a kindergartner is Imp terrible. Impossible. And, I mean, there's nothing anyone can do, right? It's just, it's not possible for there to be a good online kindergarten situation. The kids need not. to be be with people and seeing people face to face. So it's tough. I mean, everyone was just trying to do their best at that time, but I think my kids are probably pretty close to your age kids. I have a 10 year old daughter, going to be eight in a couple of weeks and then a five year old. How old are your kids? 10, seven and five. Yeah. So, so, so same thing. I mean, exactly. Yeah. You know, my, my oldest daughter wasn't ideal, but she was at a point where it was not the worst thing ever, but my youngest kid, I feel bad for them. Me too. My oldest was fine. My yeah. oldest actually, like, I feel like he, he's not as social as my other two. And he's very, very bright and he's also very techy. So he like excelled. I like jokingly call him like a catfish because the teacher was always like, because I told the teacher like my concerns with his social anxiety and this and that. She's like, what are you talking about? She's like, he's the comedian of the class. He talks it all the time. He's this. I'm like, he's a catfish. He's so much more confident online and has this other persona that he doesn't have in person. And then at the end of the year, they did like a ice cream social and she met him in person for the first time. She's like, I see what you're talking about. You know, she's like, this is a different kid. You know, that whole, whole thing with the online stuff it was just a different time for them. And it's funny to see how kids, some kids thrived, other kids struggled. I still yeah. feel like there's some things that are lingering through that. Definitely. You know, you know, maybe some speech stuff or some, you know, just reading stuff because the kids reading, didn't get what they needed. Reading was a struggle for me and the difference that I saw between my oldest and my middle in their skills and reading, like, Harvard went into first grade and I'm like, this kid can't read. Like, So, I, we're getting way off on a tangent, but I was just talking to my wife about this an hour ago, just saying how the same thing with my middle daughter, huge disadvantage compared to my oldest daughter, and I think a lot of it has to do with, with the, the years and during yeah, yeah, right. So, but yeah, no, same thing. So those couple of years were wild. We got through it, you know, doing all right. Now we're into this more interesting stretch in 2022 where rates are going through the roof. Kind of is what it is, scaring a lot of people away. I assume people ask you all the time. I know they ask me, like, what are your thoughts on rates? What's your crystal ball tell you? Like, how do you answer that question for people, right? In, in a way that keeps them calm, but kind of sets some realistic expectations. I mean, for me, I, you know, I do a lot of research and I attend a lot of um, anything I can to get as much information as I can. No one can predict anything. We all know that. Mm -hmm. But with trends and with with just everything in life, rates are predicted to go down by the end of the first quarter, right? Mm -hmm. Doesn't mean it's going to. There's a lot of variables. But I try to ease people saying like, we have to think of this as a temporary thing. You're not going to have this rate for the next 30 years. The average person has it for freaking three to five years. You may not even have it for that, but I promise you that the second rates drop, like I will be calling you and I will refinance you yeah. because this isn't going to be something you have forever, but property values continue to increase. And people that said to me, you know, I mean, I have so many people that said to me, you know, I'm gonna wait for the values to, to calm down but yet their rate was 2.9%. So now the rates are 
6.5%, and now the values are just as high, if not higher, so now they're paying double than they would have if they would have bought a house when it was 2.9. So you're, it's never going to be that good time, right? So honestly, what I I'm genuinely believe is if you find something and you love something, buy it, right? If you feel like you can comfortably afford it, you know, and th that's always my first question. Like, I don't like to pre-qualify people based on what they qualify for, right? Before I even tell them what they qualify for, the first question I ask them is, what's a comfortable monthly payment for you? Where do you want to see your monthly payment? Because then I can say, okay, like this is a good place for you to shop. And the people that are saying, okay, that's good, that's good. But the people that are like, no, but what, what do I qualify for? What's my max qualification? I'm like, I know those people. Yeah, they want to go right up to the max and $100 a month over that per month. And it's, yeah. So, you know, I think especially in this rate environment, we have to be advising people more than ever to, mm -hmm. to buy where they're comfortable. And yep. then if anything, it is going to get better. You know, it <laughs> is, it will get better at some point and I think it will get better in the next 18 months, you know? So then you take a dip. I mean, honestly, like I don't mind when rates are, I think when rates are in like the mid fours, high fours, that's a good, good, happy place. Like people aren't freaking out. But there's mm -hmm. still an opportunity to refinance when rates drop to the threes. Yeah. When rates are consistently in the twos, consistently in the low threes, like we're never refinancing those people. Those people and probably don't even want to move ever. And it kind of contributes to the not going the to contribute. Exactly. It's not going to contribute to the economy. And it's not good for the economy, period, when rates are that low for as long as they were. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I don't love when they're up into the high sixes, sevens, because that's a sense of more like paranoia, even though historically those are very standard interest yeah. rates. We have just gotten into this mentality over the last 12 years where rates have ranged from two to 4%, two to four and a half, you know, the yeah. highest we've seen in like 10 years was like 4.875, like nothing had even hit five. And now all of a sudden we jump from five to six to seven within a matter of a month. Like it kind of went crazy. <laughs> it, really, it really did, but I think that's good insight. And uh, I try to share a similar sentiment with people, give them a little bit of perspective. Yeah. That's, um, and that's all we can do. We're, we're advisors, right? Like yeah. ultimately that's what we are. We help them figure it out, but ultimately it's their choice, but we just try to help them in and be there for them when, when they can get into a better situation. Yep. Yep. Totally. So finishing up, I don't want to keep you much longer, but I am curious having heard everything that we just discussed where you see yourself in the future, if yeah. you know. In five years from now, you see your team growing. If, you know, continuing the business, what are your thoughts on that? So I, I basically just hired my first two loan officers. It was asked me for so long, like, why haven't you hired loan officers? Like, why don't you have anybody else? Why is it just you? And, and to be completely honest, I wanted to build a strong foundation before I brought anyone else. Mm -hmm. I wanted to make sure that I had a well-oiled machine. I want to make sure that I had a robust staff that could mm -hmm. handle high volume because I have I by myself have high volume to a point like there needs to be people that know what they're doing and can make the process go smoothly. So yes. I wanted to be sure that, that anyone that I, I want to be sure that anyone that I brought on, that we had the capacity to be able to handle their volume as well and anyone else's volume. We yes. want to make sure that any process that they went through, it they were able to have that same experience, but also be like, we can take on more, we can take more. And because I, I love to coach. I love to like help build them up. I love to give them all the resources to like be anything they want to be and it be as big as they want to be. And if they come to me and they have a volume of 
five loans a month, I know very confidently that I can easily take that to 10 to 15 loans yeah. a month just by the resources that I'm able to provide for them. But I wanted to be sure that I had those resources dialed in before I brought anyone else on. Yeah. So that's definitely where I am like as of this week, like last week I hired two LOs, right? Yeah. So this week we're just onboarding them, but now I'm at the point where like, you know, I think I'm going to heavily produce for about 10 more years, yeah. which, you know, I'll be 45. Like, that's good. Like, I'm going to produce heavy for another 10 years. And then my goal is that I have some really strong teammates that under me that I can eventually be like, you yeah. know, here are thousands of loans I've closed, like scrub this database and like take care of these clients and make sure they're good. I did just buy a wedding venue. Oh, no kidding. Congratulations. Uh, Where's that? Is that yeah. something you're putting out there or is it still kind of low key? Um, it will definitely be going out there. It's, I mean, if anyone asks me, I would tell them. I yeah. just haven't been, I haven't put it out there as far as like launching anything yet because That's exciting, huh? we've, yeah, super exciting. So, because we, we're very much in the construction phase right now and we have a website being built, we have our renderings being done. Like, my husband tore down another barn today. Like, I mean, it's love it. It's like legit. It's in Otisfield. It's on 56 acres and we're doing a huge, huge renovation on it. Yeah. We're going to be opening in May. And that's, that's great. That's, that's like my passion. Like yeah. I went to school to be an event planner. I plan elaborate birthday parties for my children as an outlet <laughs> for myself. Like that's yeah. my happy yeah, place. Definitely. Like, you know, if I'm like feeling stressed, I'll have like a sit down 30 person sit down catered dinner because it makes me happy. Yeah. Like, You're crazy. Like, what are you doing? I'm like, it's what I like, you know? You have to find the things that you like and enjoy. Yeah. And life's too short. We're all too stressed. Like find the things that you like doing and passionate about and do those things. Exactly. So, I mean, every year for the last few years, I've tried to buy an investment property of some kind. <laughs> so over the next five years, I see myself buying a few more either Airbnbs or multi-units yeah. and having those pay for themselves. Like we have a four unit we have an Airbnb condo at Sugarloaf. Yep. We have a family. Now we have the wedding venue. We're going to be building treehouse cabins on the wedding venue land. That's so cool. We've so seen some gonna... pictures of some pretty cool tree treehouse situations. Yeah, and we just tore down two huge barns. We saved all the barn wood. So we're going to build these cabins out of the barn wood that we, that we saved. And we're going to have them for the weddings, <laughs> for the wedding weekends. And then we'll Airbnb them during the week. So. You know, I see myself a lot over these years building a really awesome team here. I'd like to bring on more LOs. I'm definitely looking to grow LOs as well as support staff here and get to the point where, you know, in 10 years, I can kind of step back a little bit and, yeah. you know, focus on where my, you know, where my kids are in life and, and kind of not be in the weeds as much with yeah. originating. Yeah. I love it. Well, I'll look forward to hearing about the wedding venue and all that stuff that you got going on. So. Super cool. Congrats. Congrats on all the success. Yeah. Thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me today. I felt like I learned so much. I mean, I was expecting to learn something, but I feel like kind of opened my eyes to the potential in the business. So thank you for that. That's what girl, girl LOs. You have to think sometimes different <laughs> mentality. I'm surrounded by guys all the time. So it's, I know, totally I know. Yeah. it's so weird because I've been in this industry for so long and I've pretty much worked with just women for the yeah. most part, which is, it's such a, like, it's just different. We think differently. It's totally different. Everything you've talked about today, I think is awesome, but it's definitely different than how my mind works. How Chris and Brian, my partner's mind, yeah. you know, we're just different. And I think it's good mm -hmm. to kind of hear that other side of the coin and, and learn something from it. So I feel like I have takeaways from my business. I hope anyone that listened to the podcast enjoyed it and learned something too. I think they will. So, so. Thank you so much for asking yeah. me to do this.
yeah, thank you again. Maybe we'll do it again sometime. Definitely. Okay, cool. Thanks, Skylar. Have a good day. Thank you.